You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. All right, everybody, welcome to Phoenix on 2.5 FM. You're going to get the show twice uh, because it's our Nerd to Know Media Wrestling Rewind crossover show with myself and Martin Herity. How are you, Martin? How she she and Dara? Uh, what was it? Uh, fierce and rambunctious. Fierce combunctious. Uh, fierce combunctious. There we go. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, make this a thing. It's gonna be a thing. I love it. But yeah, but it is the Christmas season. Uh, again, like we didn't get to do a show for Near to No Media uh, this week. We're gonna record it tomorrow. So if you're listening to this on on Saturday, it's timey wimey thing. You're, you're getting the show anyway. So that's what's happening, and it is appropriate because this is the only show we're going to get to do before Christmas. Well, not us. We're going to be able to do a show, but for the listeners, because uh, Christmas what is uh, is Saturday. So there might be a Christmas show on Saturday, but we wanted to kind of pop this out as kind of like a primer for Christmas week. Um, it's very, very cool. Our Halloween special, Martin, went down really, really well. So uh, I wanted to kind of share the love. And it's sh- shame Dave isn't here. He might be here. It could be a Christmas miracle. Pity, yeah. We, but, uh, like just, just when we think we're in peril, he'll come swooping down the chimney. In. I'm telling you, it's just like, what's well, that? That should be like a Christmas special. Where like Dave shows up with all the presents at the end or whatever. Um, I, t- I don't know why, but for some reason I see him in like long green and white striped stockings. It's scary. That's exactly the way I saw him too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, even man, before we started talking about Christmas, that's just oh, how just I see general, him. That's just how he is. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. He's not here to defend himself either, so it is canon. But uh, folks, if this is your first time listening to uh, this version of uh, Nerd to Know Media, this is a show called The Wrestling Rewind. We do it every Friday night. And of course, you can check it out on nerdtoknowmedia.com um, and loads of different places, the True Penny Channel, etc., etc., and here on Phoenix 32.5 FM at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday. Usually we talk about WCW, WWE, not current WWE, AEW, ECW, whatever. Uh, but today, we're going to talk about wrestling or christmas movies starring wrestling figures and also wrestling stars so either people involved in wrestling or who are actually wrestlers two in particular so yeah so let's set the scene here uh martin so there are so many wrestling movies or sorry movies that well there are loads of wrestling movies as well now but loads of christmas movies that star wrestlers and these range from terrible to really terrible, to <laughs> hilariously terrible, and we're, we 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 kind of picked two. Uh, I think I think we we delicately balanced both ends of the spectrum here. I believe so. Uh, I I really enjoyed our pick. I'm not gonna lie to you. And they yeah. were both actually for free on Amazon Prime. 
mad. And one of them, uh, Santa with Muscles, the not fun, terrible one, is actually even on YouTube in its entirety. Oh, wow. So there you go, guys. Christmas presents all around. <laughs> so you've let the cat out of the hat there. Uh, for the first, oh, sorry. But of course, I'm being Santa's with muscles. Uh, and what's the other one, uh, Martin? It's Santa's Slay. S-L-A-Y. Yes. And we are going to get into both in excruciating detail. Um, <laughs> because they're just so fun. And again, uh, it's the perfect time to really talk about them. But before we do that, we are going to keep things a little bit current uh, for the moment. And Martin, uh, we have some news. So the first news is obviously AEW, and then there's some WWE as well. So take it away. Yeah, yeah. We just very briefly, because obviously we want to keep it seasonal and stick to the movies. But um, so the first big thing was uh, Hangman Adam Page had his first title defense against uh, Brian Danielson at Winter is Coming. An unbelievable match. Two of them battered each other to a 60-minute draw, mm. um, which doesn't sound great. <laughs> Sounds like you've invested an hour and got nothing out of it, but it was done so incredibly well. Uh, it just flew by. And like I'm saying that as someone who, I mean, you know my all-time favorite wrestler is Bret Hart, and even I find the Iron Man match a bit of a slog sometimes. Mm. Sometimes, you know? yeah. Depends what Iron Man matches are. Like there's a difference between an Iron Man match and uh, what did he call it going Broadway? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I suppose because kind of an Iron Man match, you know, you can just kind of clock out till the yeah. last the 10, last 15, 10 minutes. fifteen minutes, yeah. But um, no, this was phenomenal match. They paced it so well; it feels. I'm sure if I went back and watched it again, it's um, it's much more staggered or maybe slowly builds, but. Watching it live for the first time, it felt like they went balls to the wall from the start to the finish. Uh, a terrific ending. Um, and it really answered, I thought, any questions that people had. You know, Hangman obviously uh, had that babyface problem where it's all in the chase. Mm. And then once they get the title, it's yeah, it's maybe not as good as the chase was. But now nah, this has, once again, AEW have completely flipped Everton over in, in one episode. Brilliant. Uh, one thing as well, I was um, expecting, or I wasn't the only one actually, there was someone who pretty much staked his entire YouTube career on that um, Ray White was going to show up at Winter is Coming. <laughs> and, oh. uh, yeah, I'm just like, oh well, okay, you've just kind of undone your entire cre- credibility there. So, but I don't know uh, what, what, I mean, because it was Brody Lee's uh, birthday, or no? Apparently, there there are some promos that like uh, with Tundum is coming, and I was gonna say, just like that's a bit of a push, all right. But I don't know, like his his um, I, this is the thing about fancy booking. This is why we don't do it, um, because it's it is fun. But then when you start believing, re, you know, believing it, and and you leave reality, it's yeah. a bit dangerous. But um. Look, and I, then I don't nothing know. satisfies you if it's not exactly what you yeah hoped, you know. Exactly, exactly. Like you know, we talked a little bit about the new Spider-Man movie, and I did kind of. Um, I've seen it. I'm gonna go see it again um, for reasons. But uh, <laughs> which, if you follow my Twitter, which you should at the RWV, you'll see why. Uh, <laughs> it's a roller coaster. Oh, I I cover it in immense detail. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's basically like I stayed away from a lot of the 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 speculation and spoilers for that. Now I knew kind of knew what was going to happen, and then when it happened, you were satisfied, but you were more satisfied because you just let the story kind of fold out. I'm kind of doing the same thing with the Matrix, where I'm like, I don't yeah. know what this, you know, I want to kind of just because there is one thing about being invested, but then when you're invested too much, you build up something in your head too much, and then it's when it's not like that you're a little bit disappointed or when it's something well, different you're angry you know i'm pretty confident that the matrix re- reboot or sequel or whatever they're calling it is going to be pretty good because yeah, sure. if um if keanu reeves can make the reboot of bill and ted bloody watchable like he can do anything like uh, he can like, certainly make the matrix good god keanu reeves is the best like i'm i'm uh, you know what right so funny and true story i actually dedicated my second thesis to keanu reeves for some reason, I thought you were going to say child. No, well, I haven't got a child yet. When I do, <laughs> I, I might just call them Keanu, even if they're a yeah. girl. <laughs> Two of them, just, Keanu just, and Reeves. Yeah, just just struggle, just deal with it. You're fine. Um, actually, there's a really funny YouTuber called the Spiffing Brit, and um, he's hilarious. Well, he breaks games, and he has like a whole series on Rihanna. Rihanna, what's it? Rihanna Keeves, where it's like that's his character. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone through Skyrim, breaking it and stuff. It's it's really good. Um, I would s- seriously check out uh, the, the spiffing brick guys if you ha- if you're on YouTube. It's he's a lot of fun. Um, anyway, so yes, fair play to AEW for doing that. But you know, Trust, I, look, yeah. nobody wants to see the fiend Bray Wyatt or Barry with on the whatever as more as more you know as as much as I do. I really do. But I'm like. I, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. I don't think he's fit on AEW. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Um, I'm, I'm maybe not as high on him as you are, uh, but I, I agree that the main reason I don't want to see him is just because I, I don't think... Uh, he can't wrestle. He fit. Well, it's... Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, he's better than, better than I was. Oh, like, well, look... But, I mean, uh, but, yeah, but I mean, what I mean is like... I'm sorry, that's, that's very disrespectful. What I mean is like... He's not a workhorse guy. You know, he's not going to go yeah. and have a five-star match with like Jungle Boy or going. You know, it's not going to happen. And Tony Khan dipped his toe into the paranormal stuff with um, Broken Matt Hardy. He did it one time and, and instantly it. regretted it. But see, but see, I think Impact has that kind of pool. And I've said it before. I'm not going to repeat myself, but I mean, like, you know, you can do. Like, I do believe. That again, because like Bray Wyatt was making four million a year, according to the Observer, right? Whoa, yeah, that was his contract. So he is making more than enough money, and it kind of ties into Kevin Owens with Chalkman in a second. He probably has more than enough money, so he doesn't really need to wrestle. And I've had reports that he doesn't really want to, but if he did, you know, they could build an entire company or they could build impact around him, and he could, oh, yeah, do all that weird stuff that he wants to do, and then you could bring in other people and. I think it would be a draw, but bringing him an AEW again, like, listen, and this is for the AEW fans that just really want it. Think about what that, that would be. Where would he go? What would he do? It's, yeah. it's just it's, not a right fit. It's the same uh, kind of internal struggle I have with uh, Danhausen. I mm. love the character of Danhausen. I think he's awesome. Uh, and he's always like uh, tweeting the AEW guys and winding them up. I, I'd like to see him maybe come on to do a, a TNT challenge or as a surprise one-off thing, but I just don't think he'd fit as a character you see, on the it, show. It's the it's WCW stuff again. And what I'd say is, listen, AEW fans that want that kind of stuff, go back and watch Dungeon of Doom 
It's not good. It's not good. Real bad, actually. Uh, and it's just because when you have a workhorse central company, the sports entertainment stuff can only fly so far. And you can't push that barrier. Like, WWE gets away with it because it is not real. Wrestling has always come second in WWE, particularly in the Attitude Era, which on this show we do talk about um, a lot, actually. Um, wrestling's always been separate, uh, second. You know, like yeah. Undertaker, uh, Undertaker and Mankind. We're not watching that for Mac Classics. No. <laughs> you know, Undertaker and Kane. The boiler room, bro. Yeah, you weren't watching that for a Mac Classic either. You're watching for spooky, scary things and massive oh, fights. Kind of in a dragon sleeper. <laughs> oh, man, I don't think Mick Foley could ever do a dragon sleeper. Um, but yeah, and that's no disrespect to, to the lads. Like, obviously, that was what they were doing. But, like, in WCW, when they tried to do the same thing, and remember, they had a much higher work rate, guys, in the, in, in that company, even mm-hmm. in 1998, which we've talked about in 1996. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it just didn't fit. Like, the NWO was a perfect slot in because that was kind of just an, an, an extension of who they were. Kevin Nash being a being a, not a nice guy, and Scott Hall also being not a nice guy, and Hulk Hogan really not being a nice guy. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just kind of... They were just being themselves, right? But slightly turned up a bit. So I would say, look, AEW fans, chill a little bit and maybe harass Impact to, to get break. Actually, don't harass anybody, but you know what I mean? Like, just, no, yeah, hope, just hope, hope they get those things. Stay off Twitter. Yeah, no, Twitter's the worst thing in the world. Unless you want to follow me, which is fine. But like, you're just going to hear me moan about my cinema experience <laughs> for the next while. <laughs> but anyway, so the next bit of news, Martin. Yeah, so Kevin Owens, the the sort the source of much speculation is about where he was going to go next, yeah. has re-signed with a with WWE. Yeah, that was a um, bit of a Freudian slip there. That was a, a touch. Yeah. yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. I'll admit now. I was. Um, I would have liked to see him. I think he would have fit in really well in the company. Uh, he was doing a bit of teasing with his Mount Rushmore tweets a while back. But Martin. Do you know his contract? I have heard it is very good. Bret Hart WCW money. It's not only the money thing. The money thing is interesting, but it also has a no cut policy, as in he can't be cut. Well, that's okay. So that's actually brilliant. That should set a precedent. If you it should absolutely sign could. a if you sign a contract with someone, they should have to have like a like a reason for cutting you, like a you know, behavioral or, you know, so I actually really like that. that I hope that sets a precedent going I forward. Hope, I hope so too. Like, because when I, when I heard that, cause I was listening to, um, I was listening to one of the YouTube news people and they were saying that Meltzer was talking, cause I haven't listened to the Observer yet. And, um, yeah, Meltzer went through the contract and pretty much it's, as I said, the money's great, but that is a really cool idea because here's the thing, WDB could just go, oh, we're, we're cutting more people. It's like, all right, well, there needs to be consequences for you just breaking contracts. So, like, with you know, like, like the well, way they, it would they be did it with uh, AJ Styles wasn't was the whole uh, part of AJ Styles. The reason that he signed with them was that they agreed to take on uh, Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, and uh, so he signed up to this thing, and they took on Gallows and Anderson, and then they just fired them. Yeah, there needs to be some kind of like, or even like a monetary value, like two or three million. For like next for the remainder of the contract yeah. or whatever. Oh yeah, we're going to cut you. That's fine, but you have to pay out what was left. Yeah, on, right. my on the contract. Contract, and, and then I think yeah, they'll like, they'll be a bit more 
less a holy if you know what I mean when it comes to yeah. comes to things because like it's it's not cool to do that like I I do, I don't know how I don't know how they get away with that like I genuinely don't but fair play yeah. to for for Owen to that look he knows where his money is he knows what's there he knows he probably hasn't got that long left and he's like I might as well just make serious money here and look maybe when that contract up he might go to AEW maybe well, like I've I was not a huge follower of. PWG or anything like that but from what I've heard like early on in his career uh, Owens or Steen as he was really filled out his bump card like yeah. he really clocked that thing yeah with um, a lot of war and stuff like that like so you know he, he, so like, if he's 40 now and he's looking going take it handy in WWE for four or five years and and taking three three and a half million every year you know, at the end of the day, he's a family guy. That's yeah. what he's got to put first. Yeah, dude, I think when you've made a career of being in ladder wars, I don't think you want to do more ladder wars. <laughs> you know, it's like no thanks. You know, you... because the one thing about AEW is, like, it by all work. accounts, from what we hear, is it's a great company. The locker room's really happy. Everybody's getting all well. But when you go there, they expect you to work. Yeah, and actually work, like not. See, that's again, like. If Bray shows up, they're like, all right, cool. Spooky stuff, but... Yeah, go out and do go, 60 minutes with Brian 60, Danielson. Exactly, yeah. It's like, they're not going to fly. Now, some sad news as well. Uh, Jeff Hardy has been cut. Yeah. And we haven't got a chance to talk about that because we haven't obviously done a show in a while. Jeff, Jeff Hardy, the video is bizarre, man. He, he was in this house show. I think it was in Texas. I could be wrong. Um, but it was a house show anyway. And he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> and yeah. it's so bizarre. And you're like... All right, bye. Turns out he, it was substance abuse. So we were like, well, you need to go was to it? rehab. Because you know, what I'd heard yeah. was, what I'd heard was that the reason they cut him was because he wouldn't go to rehab. Well, this was but it. he had told them he didn't need rehab. And yep. Matt Hardy has come out and said that no, Jeff. So I, I, I don't know what the I don't like making claims. No, that's fair. No, that's fair. But from from all the sources I have. Yeah, which which are the sources that are publicly available. I don't know Jeff Hardy, right? But just Matt, just Matt. Well, that's <laughs> long-time listeners will know my experiences with Matt. And another thing, it's usually been positive. Not with Gary though. Gary and Matt had some run-ins, but I know I I've talked to Matt Hardy before. He actually is a really nice guy, and I know Matt. So not a bad guy. But I don't know him personally, <laughs> so I'm not gonna message him. But what I will say is, from what I've read and what i've heard jeff hardy just got up and left there was suspect substance abuse as a result of that right and then they said look you need to go to rehab and sort this stuff out he said no now here's what's interesting right he was let go in 2003 for the exact same thing and that's how he ended up in impact or tna as it was called at the time and he actually had a pretty good run in impact but he did until he fought sting for the title well, though, this was his first run at TNA. And then he oh, had, that was and then he came okay. back. And then he had that. That, that was his, his run that ended up with uh, him being arrested. And I actually, funny and true story. So somewhere in this pile of whatever. Tre- I have, treasure trove. Treasure trove. Aladdin's, uh, what's it, Aladdin's cave or whatever. I have a poster from a TNA show in Dublin. And it was supposed to have Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy there. This is the infamous show where Gary had to go on Matt Hardy. And um, <laughs> there was a poster saying, due to illness, Jeff Hardy will not be here, but he's replaced by the icon Sting. And I actually said to the bouncer, look, can I have that poster? And wow. he's like, yep. 
so I have it and I got it framed. So it is somewhere here. But um, that was obviously the same weekend that Jeff Hardy, or sorry, it was a year out from Jeff Hardy being arrested. But obviously when you're arrested, you can't do international travel for a while. So that's why he wasn't allowed to come over to Ireland. So for me, I'm like, oh, this is really unfortunate because it spells, it spells that Jeff's in trouble again. But also some wrestling fans are like, oh, he's going to come to AEW. I'm like, do you really, if he is in trouble, I'm not saying that he is or whatever, but you know, there was some substance abuse reported, so that's all we have to go on. Um, do you really want that Jeff Hardy in AEW? Like, impact oh, Jeff Hardy in AEW? No, no you don't. No. I, 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 and I, I think mean, it's very irresponsible of people. To Jeff know. is someone I kind of see a wee bit like Danhausen in that I'd 100% bring him in for like a one-off Hardy's reunion or a very, very short controlled run but uh yeah I, I don't need to see uh jeff hardy is all elite uh no pro, uh, poster here's one for you who's the tag team champions at the moment in the aw it is the lucha bros so you could have a crossover full metal mayhem match with uh with with those two teams not even in it not even aw you have an impact yeah well, That's I mean, I something, something like that is kind of happening. So, obviously, <clears throat> other big news you never got to talk about is uh, ROH is no more, yes, or at, no at least more. until Don't... April when we see what they reform as. Um, but uh, on the final show, which I, I have yet to watch, although I have it downloaded, um, yeah, apparently there's a big interaction between the Briscoes and FTR. Oh, so cool. There's, there <clears throat> there's is some point. kind of crossover happening there you know and i th- i do see more of that kind of happening you know with the the forbidden door being open and kind of wedged wedged open now it's fantastic um, and, it's and cool. it works it works for all companies because um if you have some guys who are you know really well known really hot but maybe you don't have them in a storyline bang instant storyline you get four weeks out of it easy bring but, uh, someone else in and but like I don't know, I think like with with Tony, and we will kind of shift gears now going into the the Christmas stuff. But with Tony Khan, if he wanted to expand his portfolio, buy these smaller companies and use them as separate territories, doesn't even need to tell anybody. Just buy them, and then just be like, right, do what you're doing. But we're gonna you know have these crossovers, or even just you know work out a deal with them where you're like, okay, we share talent or whatever, or we have yeah. big events once a year or once or twice I, a year. I, I prefer that. Uh... To buy in them, I well, what <laughs> I just don't want to see AW go the go the direction of WWE. See, the main thing about it is and this is what I'm saying to you. The main thing is creative control would have to be seeded away. So Tony, obviously Tony Khan is just not there. He just the money goes to him or whatever, you know. And that's kind of how, like the territory system. It seems like we're trying to get to a stage where it's it's back and up and running, and either that's you know, and the thing about it is, I think, like, if WWE weren't so tight-fisted about it, they'd, you would you would have got this way sooner. But I think now, a, with um, AEW kind of being the number two, clearly the number two, Impact being a feeder to AEW uh, or its own thing, there's no reason why Ring of Honor can't be, like, a feeder system to AEW, but where other talent can go when WWE, again, fire more people. And it's, like, it's a, its own thing. But to be fair... I think having Ring of Honor 
being its own kind of thing, but like closer to AEW than to being like say Impact, that would be cool because then it's a brand which you can watch, kind of like FCW or NXT. It's a brand where you can watch. You can, you know, it's there. It doesn't really interact that much with AEW. But then when it does, you're like, oh, wow. And then they can come up and then they have their new stars being made at the same time. Do you have any insight into what exactly is happening in April? So this seemed very much like the end of Ring of Honor. Yeah, like the only insight that I have is that it is pretty much done. We've known for a while that a lot of the, the... Contracts are pretty much either furloughed or finished, or they're. Oh, they were all yeah released, like uh, all released. Yeah, so basically there was no one working for. They were sound. They like paid people out for the next, you know. Yeah, for yeah, basically what WDB didn't do, which is shameful. But um, and that was kind of it, and then there was different tributes and other kind of stuff to the end of it. So effectively, it's a dead company. Now. For longtime fans or fans that aren't familiar with Ring of Honor, this is a this is the exact situation that WCW was in, or even ECW actually. But I don't know what the bankruptcy is. Or the books are like I don't know if they have bankruptcy. I don't think they are bankrupt. So it's a combination of those two, where they're a name, they have a tape library, they have no talent on the books, and they have no TV. So, well, one of two things could happen here. They get bought by WWE. Uh, I was literally just thinking. Which could happen. Just, yeah. Just which, for the tape library. For the tape for, li- and for the branding. And for all that kind of stuff. Which. But W. Now. So I'm, I'm kind of torn between whether WWE would want them or not. Because. On the one hand. You'd have all the. Classic punk and Danielson matches. But on the other hand. Does WWE want people to see all the classic. No, punk see, and Danielson no, matches. No, she, no, she did. This is a. Ten years ago, you can bet your bottom dollar he would have been right there. Punk, Danielson, uh, Tyler Black, um, you know, literally during, I think, uh, well, AJ Styles was there for a little bit as well. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, he literally uh, goes. Was never a big ROH guy, but like I, I've, I've Samo- known like just Samoa the huge Joe. names. The, the list goes on and on. We see her all day, right? But yeah, they would have. However, now. I think there's a higher possibility that, well, look, there's still a 45% possibility that WWE go and buy this. And if it's if it's low enough, they probably will go and buy it, right? But assuming that doesn't happen, because WWE do this, they're just like, I will buy this, right? What could happen then is they could reorganize themselves into a smaller division. And I do think it is going to happen, a smaller division under uh, either Impact or AEW. Hmm. I do, I, I, I do think that's going to happen. But either way, depending on whoever signed the checks, they're going to reorganize themselves into a smaller division where it is kind of a fourth brand or fourth uh, company in, in the US. And that's going to happen in April. But do not discount the fact that WWE could just come in and go, we own you, bye. You know, because they might. It'd be mad if they ended up paying more for a Ring of Honor than they paid for WCW. Well, it depends, right? Because WCW was bought, I think it was like for like five million. Yeah, it was something it was, ridiculous. It was scandalous. It was change. So I don't know what Ring of Honor's valued at, but it doesn't have any assets. It doesn't have any talent. All it has is just well, it has, the only assets it has really is the tape library. Um, yeah. I don't even know. If That's basically the rings all they bought WCW for. Like the no, WCW had contracts on rings. 
Oh, it had, but they they didn't have like they didn't have any intention of using them. Like they got rid of most of the WCW guys shortly mm. after they took them on. And no, I mean like all the props and the rings and everything. WWE oh, got so, that as yeah, well. Okay, yeah. So they actually had like hard assets there. So Ring of Honor doesn't have a ring. I don't know. They might. It's, they might just, it's just of honor. It's just of honor. <laughs> we had to sell the ring to pay everybody. <laughs> But uh, hey, look! At least they paid people. In, yeah, no, in ECW they, they were didn't. ECW super like, sound. There's no money. And the whole the whole way through the pandemic, they were amazing. They they were probably the best company during the pandemic. They just shut everything down, and they kept everybody paid. Oh, Impact um, were pretty good though as well. To be fair, did Impact do similar? Oh well, Impact kept going, but he paid everybody. They let him go. Yeah. Well, well, that was... But look, as I said, I think one of those two situations probably very likely i i would be shocked if wwe did that because i think it would just kind of be like twisting the knife because you'll never see that it, well it, now with the, the network kind of moving towards peacock the, it, it would kind of build up going oh we have this as well if you want we throw it in as a content because content is king in stream wars so i'll tell you you know, do you know this just occurred to me so aw is currently in the process of building up a library to launch a streaming service. Yep. And wouldn't Tony Khan love to have all the best Punk and Danielson and uh, Samoa Joe matches? And, and this and... is well, this is why I'm saying there's 55% that's going to get bought by AEW and done something with it. And if there is that, well, there you go. It makes way more sense for them to buy it. But um, I, I think the name Ring of Honor is done as far as new content, but that tape library is still... Yeah. It's still a prize to have. But we will keep an eye and we will have a look. But I think... April 2022 is going to be an interesting point. But, Martin, let's yes. shift gears. Let's shift gears now. So Away folks, from this nonsense. We're merry. To, to utter nonsense. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I think, ne- what, next week it will be like the... It, it, Christmas Eve when we're recording this, but we'll probably do something beforehand or we might replay this. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So, this is going to be our Christmas ah, show for the time being. We'll do something. So, let's start with the, the not-so-good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you're sliding scale was terrible truly terrible and hilariously terrible yes uh, yeah so this was on the truly terrible this, this is like is... Oh, pretty much unforgivable right but i want to talk about so, some of the movies and i, I want to mention some of the movies that we didn't talk so aren't on this list right so believe it or not so dishonorable on. mentions so dishonorable mentions right so believe it or not there is a jingle all the way too as in a sequel to jingle jingle all the way what yeah Oh my god. Oh wait, hold on. And it's a wrestler. It's a wrestler. Right, let me guess. Go on. Uh wait, what year was it made? Uh I think it's two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. Yeah. Oh my god, it's not like it's not like the Miz or something, is it? Oh you're so close. You're so close. Oh. You're so close. Alright. So for anyone who doesn't know, Jingle All the Way is a movie from the nineties with uh, Sinbad, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Phil Harmon, who was the voice for, um, for you know, um, pretty much all the Simpsons characters, all the Simpsons characters, like Troy McClure uh, and stuff like that, right? Really funny guy, and he is in the movie, and it's one of his only like face uh, appearances outside yeah, of SNL action. stuff. Yeah, he's in SNL and stuff, but uh, yeah, look, so everyone, you know. Jingle All The Way is one of those movies that everyone have seen, you know, where he, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has to go buy a, a toy for Anakin Skywalker, uh, the child Annie, and um, yeah, that's basically it, right? But there's a sequel to it, right? 
And the sequel is about 10 years after. And it features... Actually, sorry, the first one apparently features the young Big Show. Uh, oh, fight. yeah, fighting Arnold. He does. Yeah, he's fighting. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't oh, even I know. I can't that. believe I, I can't believe I didn't think of that. So yeah, he is in it. He is, and he's in it briefly. But this is the time where like the big shows in like random movies, like The Waterboy and stuff like that as well. Captain Insano. He's great in The Waterboy. <laughs> it's very good. Okay, so this movie not only has a. Uh, so basically, it's Larry the Cable Guy, who isn't a thing over here, but is in the US, apparently. And it features, not The Miz, Santino Marella. Oh, in what? In Arnold Schwarzenegger's role? Uh, no, uh, Larry the Cable Guy is... Uh, oh, is Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, there you go. So at least, if nothing... <laughs> If if all he got out of wrestling was getting punched by Jim Cornette, at least he got his his Screen Actors Guild card. There you go. The next one uh, does have them, isn't it? Yeah. Santa's Little Helper features oh, Paige, The Miz, and Maurice. I was about to go Santa's Little Helper. That sounds like a porno. And then you were like featuring Paige. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> What kind of show is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, just kind of yeah, it it, it is it, the the promo image that they use doesn't uh, doesn't help things. This is from Scordakedia Sportskedia. Um, it's a listicle by Michael McLeod. So if you guys want to follow along at home, you totally can. Is that Sportskedia? That's the one. Yeah, I always pronounce it as Sportskeda, but That's... yeah, it makes more sense that it would be sports. Kida, yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> Sports ski. I was going, what the hell is a skida? <laughs> so here you go. So he, he pulled the inst- inspiration of both from the movie. I can live without the girlfriend, but the car, the car and I are in love as the Mrs. Car is repossessed. Cool. That, yeah. that reminds me of that uh, Shania Twain song. Uh, she was. She goes. Uh, I can't believe you kiss your car goodnight. Oh yeah, that's a good. Well, but whatever way she, in her accent, it sounds like she's going. I can't believe you kiss your car goodnight. <laughs> it's just. I was oh, like, man. how do they play that in the radio? <laughs> Sorry, you're probably gonna have to edit that. I'm gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I won't edit it out for the podcast. Just for the radio. Yeah. We're not um, scandalize Phoenix FM at uh, f- uh, five in the afternoon. So here's another one: Christmas Bounty, starring The Miz. Oh my god, he's in loads of movies, and they're all terrible. They're all terrible. Well, one of the things I was going to point out was um, whenever we get into Santa with muscles, people need to remember that whenever Hogan started referring to himself as Hollywood Hogan. This is what it was. It wasn't major blockbusters that were hugely successful. No, it was mostly this kind of crap. Yeah, it wasn't The Rock. Like the, the, this is why <laughs> nobody believed The Rock was going to be successful because his only counterpart was Hulk Hogan, and Hulk Hogan made garbage tear. In fact, Just... I was, after watching Santa with Muscles, which has two cameos, it has Brutus the Barber Beefcake, which again I don't oh. know why he's in everything that Hogan does. Everything the man just shows just, up in her. for no reason racist. 
Well, because he probably is in real life. Well, yeah, okay. And, and sorry, Brutus, but you know the company you keep, Hogan's on. You know, um, still blocked like by Hulk Hogan. Of, it's like that bit of Father Ted is. It's like it's the Japanese he's after. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, look, I don't know. Like, I don't know where to start with this one. Um, with. with... Santa for muscles. So we're starting with Santa for muscles. So this is at the low <laughs> tier. This is like I, I, you know, I'm going to watch Jingle all the way too and come back and be like, hey, actually, we might watch Jingle all the way one or two for next week. Yeah. Uh, but okay, just where do we start with this? Uh, Martin, well, I tell you help where me. we start. We start with Hulk Hogan's bizarre comb over. Yes. Or whatever it is they've done. So he has short hair in the movie, which is already weird, but they've done. It's either a wig or plugs or a comb over or something, but it looks so strange. I don't know. His normal hair looks weird. The little doll hair that he has normally. Yeah, but he's he's had that huge ball patch around his head since he was, I assume, about 12 years old. <laughs> it doesn't seem to age. Yeah. No, it, it, it seems like he's been 50 his whole life. <laughs> he does. He does look really old in this movie. And the kind of yeah, the short hair looks bizarre, but it's not really. But it's the it's the fact that they've filled in everything else. It's it's very weird. Like I don't know. I I would assume Santa, but he's supposed to be a fitness uh, a food fitness guru, right? Mm. But Santa is supposed to have like longer hair, so surely they would have like left it a little bit longer. That would have made some sort of sense. But but also he's Hulk Hogan. He's incredibly recognizable. Like, but he doesn't really look like Hulk Hogan. He looks like um, someone who should be on a list, <laughs> <laughs> like a, a list he don't want to be on, like a bad list. But I tell you, I tell you one thing I did like about this was what? the uh, the very beginning of it um, reminded me an awful lot of WWF in the early nineties. So it do, it yeah, start, it, does, it does have a wacky WWF off here yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. Well, it starts off with uh, Hogan's hiding in the bushes, and then he jumps out <laughs> into. He's outside this like a uh, big mansion, and he jumps out, and he baits up a chef, and then he baits up a gardener, and then he baits up a chauffeur driver, and it reminded me of like WWF in the early nineties. You know where everyone's gimmick was just a job. A job, yeah. Like the, yeah, so it was just, yeah, it was just Hogan do what he does. He's just baiting up the goon and baiting up, you know, Duke the drumster Drozzy and baiting up Tom the accountant and <laughs> it was just it was just him baiting around a load of lads with uh, part time jobs. So here's so here's the plot, right? Blake Thorne, Hulk Hogan, is a conceited self made millionaire who sells wrestling. I mean, body building supplements. And equipment that have his picture on them. This Which is was risky because this, this was around just, the time of the steroid trial. This is literally just Hogan. Like, this is just him. <laughs> One day, by recklessly playing uh, paintball, he's targeted by the police and is chased to the shopping mall where he hides putting on a Santa costume. Uh, okay, and then he ends up, uh, bangs his head and he has amnesia. Mistaken by Lenny as a mall Santa because... Okay. Blake begins to think he really is Santa Claus. Meanwhile, the evil scientist tries to take over an orphanage in order to gain access to magical crystals underneath. It's it's mad. So this, this movie starts off like a 
like a daft Christmas movie. And then about 20, 25 minutes into it, it just loses the run of itself. So the, the plot there, so I'm I'm reading this off Wikipedia and I was waiting for when the madness comes in to see if they how they'd handle it. And it's literally as as car crash as it sounds. Like the first 20 minutes are kind of like, oh, it's, it's like Beverly Hill Cops, like a bad version of it. And then it just, they literally have an evil scientist. I actually, so... I wound this back because I was sitting watching it and I thought I had some sort of an aneurysm <laughs> because I was watching it and then it completely changed into a different movie. Suddenly, yeah. even the the filter on the camera was different. It's like, it they, gay... took, yeah, it's like they took two movies and just kind yeah. of like... So I actually had to stop and rewind it to make sure that there wasn't something I missed. I was like... Did I am I so addicted to my phone that I was like subconsciously looking at it and miss a key piece of dialogue or something? No, it just cut jumps to this entirely different movie. So these magical crystals are underneath and he dispatches henchmen to destroy it, right? Um Blake, after discovering that being Santa has made him a better person, and that the evil scientist wants to destroy the orphanage that he grew up in, because of reasons, he saves the children. And then opens up, sorry, the orphanage is destroyed. And then he opens up his mansion as the new home for orphans. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't know this. This is actually the acting debut of Mila Kunis. Yes, it is. And she had no idea who Hulk Hogan was. Well, all I can say, one of my proudest achievements is that I'm blocked by Hulk Hogan on Twitter. Blocked. Yeah. What did What did you do? Um, I, I made a joke about something, you know, about his whole uh, video that he released. He got really <laughs> upset. <laughs> do you know I'm blocked by Jim Cornette? Oh, brilliant! I have never in my life messaged the man, sent a tweet about him, tagged him, and I have. I don't know how, but I've been blocked by Jim Cornette. So Fuzzy played in Ireland recently and I didn't go see them because I'm still upset that I'm blocked by Fuzzy because I gave them a bad review. <laughs> I I don't know why. Jericho, come on. Like it was see, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go to see Fuzzy because I'd only be going for Jericho and I get the impression that whenever he's in Fuzzy mode, he doesn't want to hear about wrestling. He still wears the jacket though. What the, the pin maker or the yeah no the lighting up jacket he still wears it oh right right he's oh, aware I, did, I didn't I didn't know he that. he he's aware he knows what's going on he he knows why people are there so all right so Martin Santa with muscles is it a watch or is it a complete miss it's a watch it fly out the window. <laughs> Into the ocean, and then the ocean be boiled by climate change. Fair. It's, it's, the only thing is about it that somehow we picked two Christmas movies with wrestlers, and in both movies, somebody fires a bazooka at Santa Claus. I don't know how that has happened. That's This is a fair point. But then again, they are both... You see, okay... Yeah, it's, I, I I don't even have anything for that. Yeah, no, it's very it's, weird. Yeah, it's, it's it's very weird. I don't even have anything for that. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's just something I noticed, and I, I, it just made me go, yeah, America. <laughs> well, <laughs> everyone well, has sec- a bazooka. Well, the second one was Canadian. Oh, is Santa Slay Canadian? Well, it's Canadian American. 
But uh, we're going to say it's Canadian. Okay. Those damn Canucks. And it, and, and well, and it's uh, it's it's based in Alberta as well. So. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Didn't know that. <laughs> uh, there's that's my casual racism put in its place. <laughs> so, uh, look, I would say the next one, Santa Slay, is the one to watch. Uh, it's a lot more fun. I we like horror movies, obviously. Um, it's it's far more self-aware than Santa. Almost like you can tell Hogan's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a you know superstar, and um, Goldberg's like, this movie's ridiculous, but I'm having a great time. So. You know, and he goes full in. So I'm going to read the plot as it. And look, the last plot was like four lines. This is actually like a properly detailed plot on Wikipedia. So, right. Which is mad because it's, mad. it's just a simple film. It's a simple slasher movie. But it does actually have not only the bazooka, it does feature two cameos again. So it's uh, Bill Goldberg and uh, Tiny Zeus Lister. So Zeus is in this. Yes. He is. I actually have a wee note about his scene, but go on. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just, uh, I, I'm reading this article. It's really funny. Right. So, what's the best? So, this has a lot of things in it. It has, um, oh, sorry. It has a lot of lore in it and, like, redefining Santa Claus. Right. Uh, just, to gi- just to give it a say, right. So, apparently Santa was the result of a virgin birth Produced by Satan. And Christmas was the day Satan, of... Satan, we assume, the man. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, Santa's the Antichrist, apparently. And Christmas was the day of slaying for Santa until 1005 AD, when an angel defeated him in a curling match and sentenced him to deliver presents for a thousand years. And that means that in 2005, and this movie was shot in 2005, that Santa can kill again. My ears did briefly prick up the first time I watched it when they were like, oh yes, and this archangel defeated uh, Santa in a hurling match. And I was like, what? Is the archangel from Kilkenny? Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, everywhere's icy, curling would make more sense. Make more sense. But this, oh look, this movie's mad. So basically, after that setup, it's um, basically Bill Goldberg doing some glory kills until, um, basically until, what, real Santa Claus comes back? Yeah, it's... Is is that right? And then... So, this is bizarre from the start so I mean like a priest shows up at one point with a bazooka as you mentioned and and then it ends with uh, Santa looking over his naughty list and he actually says who's next which I did enjoy <laughs> but, uh, but but even so 30, my jaw hit the floor about 30 seconds into this film and it just remained there for the for the next oh one good thing about it was the film is 74 minutes long yeah, Brilliant. it's not. Yeah, it's it's actually perfect movie land. Like, also has Fran Drescher in it, which is weird. Anytime she's in a movie or anything, she was the nanny. But it has. Here's the thing: it actually has a surprisingly decent cast. Like, it has a real B-list cast of well-known actors, but you might know their names. You yeah, know, no, you know, you know them to see. You yeah, you sit there going, things. "Oh, that's uh, what do you call them?" That guy. 
and her but, face. <laughs> but the film, so the film starts off with this family sitting around dinner, and this is before any murderous Santa Claus shows up, and it is already bizarre. So there's this weird father giving out about the turkey, right? And he's giving out to his wife about the turkey, while this other guy, who I can only assume is related, why else would he be there at Christmas dinner? is trying to convince his wife that he's not cheating on her, while at the same time, under the table, he's burying himself into the father's wife. It's mental. (laughs) And then Goldberg shows up and kills them all. It's just... And it only accelerates from there. It, it, It has so many weird overtones. It has so many weird scenes. Um... I really enjoyed uh, the Book of Claws. Yes. Which is where we get the the crazy origin story and the lore, which for me now is canon. Um, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I think part great. of it was? Go on. I think 2005, I don't know if you remember that time period. I do, it was the best time in the world. Around 2005, random humour was really big. You know, people I don't just know. doing or saying random things. And this is... Uh, this parts of this smacked a lot of like like an SNL type randomness. Well, it's funny you mention it because there's lots of SNL guys on this. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because it it actually doesn't feel like a full movie. It feels like a lot of disjointed skits with yeah, kind of an overarching theme. Yeah, that's true. It does feel like a like the budget on this. I don't. I don't. I don't think it was very high. It also didn't do extremely well. But you can kind of tell when the budget runs out because the film ends just very abruptly. It does. But the thing about it is, um, the reviews for it, while they were saying it's not great, they said it's kind of fun. And it is fun. It's it, Now, need to say, in the third act, it falls apart, which is really fair. That's when the movie just kind of, as you said, it ends abruptly. It's like, okay, it's kind of done. But um, look, I would say if the ch- if I had to pick to watch one of these for Christmas, and I suppose we watch two of them, I'm probably going to watch them again because it's a lot. Of, well, not I'm never watching Santa Muscles again. But <laughs> I, I, I will. I will. No, no, there isn't there isn't dollar amount in the world. But I would watch Santa Slay again because it is a lot of fun. It, it is 100%. one of those movies where you're like, you know, I like Goldberg, not really as a wrestler, but I do think he has some value. Well, but for me, great. it was just it was just nice to see Goldberg kill something other than Bret Hart and Bray Wyatt's careers. Yeah, so that was that <laughs> was. Tr- he, he did redeem himself there in Saudi Arabia with Bobby Lashley. Oh, okay, okay, maybe I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been following that closely. No, but, no uh, th- th- that that one match <laughs> where, he, uh, where he totally redeemed himself, which was like a surprise. Oh, was that the one like, where Lashley mangled his son afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, right. Yeah, that was a good match. Come on. Come on now, we have I, to get. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it was bad. I just I genuinely don't remember. I uh, remember the thing with the kid, but that that's it. <laughs> well, where he was uh, acting worse than David Flair. <laughs> <laughs> that's harsh. Now, you can't it's give true. out to you can't it's... give out to me for not being fair, and then invoke David Flair. I, I apologize for not mentioning his name. <laughs> oh, but um, so the film is yeah, it's a totally bizarre mix of different skits different weird comedy stuff and then like hyper violence like the, that's what i said real... it's, it's like doom level glory kills where it's like <laughs> it just happens and you're like oh my god he just like decapitated that dude <laughs> I was saying, it, what are you 
with no warning. Like some no. of it's really gruesome. Yeah, uh, and then very, very violent. Santa uh, goes to a strip club for a bit and turns into rapey claws. <laughs> he's very, he's very grabby and you know talking about. How, although here's one thing that that confused me about the film. So he walks into the strip club. He's all yeah, real laddish about it. You know, <laughs> bo- boobs everywhere. He's loving that. A waitress walks past and he slaps her arse and another one walks past and he grabs her and kisses her. And then he jumps up. There's one on a swing and he jumps up and he like buries his face between her legs and swings across the room. And then he lands on the stage. And then another stripper swings down the pole and some guy comes running at him. One of the security guys come running at him to tackle him. And Santa goes to grab the pole to fight him. But because the stripper's just been on it, he goes, oh, uh, and then he pulls disinfectant out of nowhere and wipes down the pole. It's like, which is it? Are you a lecherous creep or are you <laughs> like this germaphobic? Maybe he's worried about COVID. Maybe, yeah. But then, you know, don't be burying your head into women on swings. This is a fair point, too. I'd say I have to call out a, a pretty unique kill. Um when he goes into the delicanescent and kills your man with the menorah, with the menorah, <laughs> like what is going on? But your man first starts throwing what looked like, like meat. sweets at him. But no, it's me. It... It's it's a delicanescent. Yeah, he showed him like bits of meat. At him. But they're like smashing the window and it's it's, hard, just... it's it's hard German meat, dude. It's a bizarre film. It's like it's like they sat around and thought let's think of some funny stuff for Santa to do. And then someone comes up with a funny thing for Santa to do. And then they go, okay, how do we weave that into the storyline? And they go, don't just put it in. No, but it's a much more comprehensive thought because at the end it reveals that grandpa is actually the angel who beat Santa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I mean, it has a much more comprehensive plot than Santa with muscles because that just feels like two movies smashed together. This feels like random skits that have a plot kind of going through it, but it takes you to different places. It's like, do you ever get the night bus home from Dublin and takes you around yeah. everywhere? And then you're like, okay, I'm home. But you went to like seven different housing estates that you normally don't go to. That's what this movie kind of felt like. There you go. If if ever a blurb should have been on the DVD, <laughs> it's, it's like the night bus home from Dublin. <laughs> You'll get there, but it'll take you to some weird places. I think I think my favorite kill was uh so Santa's out killing all these people and you know murders rampage. He does, he does murder a lot of people. Oh, so many, so many people! It's like that scene at the end of American Psycho where he's confessing to his lawyer. He's like, "I guess I killed a lot of people." Uh, but no, then out of nowhere, for no reason, uh, it cuts to a Christmas morning scene with this family. And these kids, Santa's nowhere to be found. He hasn't been there. He doesn't show up. And the kids take out their presents and they open their presents and the presents explode. And then there's these two headless children's carcasses just (laughs) spurting blood. And then it just cuts back to the movie. And you're like, all right. (laughs) You know what, right? So there's that new uh, Santa Inc. or whatever that's been like, torn apart on the internet for like several reasons uh, and I would still think this is more like funny than Santa, Santa Inc I think this has a bit more to say by saying nothing it's absurdist humour and as it like it does kind of, now that you mention it it does capture that 2005 feel where it's like 
these could have been like random skits on the internet where they're like, oh, sure, look, we'll make a joke. And there's nothing more to it than it's Santa going and killing people. And it's kind of funny, but also gloriously grotesque at the same time. <laughs> like, and this is very the, dark. The it's not, it's not the, dark, uh, though, but certain points are quite dark. Like that kid scene, yeah, it's pretty dark, all right. Well, but, I think um, it's more gruesome than dark. Fair. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, give you that. But I think what... What I loved about it was that the lore you talked about where it explains why Santa is this way doesn't happen until like halfway through the movie. So you get all these murders just that you're just, for no reason, Santa's just doing this. It's (laughs) no explanation. I I like that more though. Oh yeah, it was like, like this is, I would happily watch this again. Happily. So another one is uh, Fran Drescher from The Nanny gets drowned in eggnog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, no. he, and he uses a ninja star <laughs> to kill someone from a Christmas tree. Brilliant. Uh, one of the best bits in the movie is, you mentioned Zeus is in it, a tiny lister. Um, oh, this is some, this isn't like a, a particularly gruesome bit of writing. It's just some terrific acting. Uh, or maybe it's not even the fault of the acting. Maybe it's just the way they cut it. But so the the kid runs into the shop and he goes, oh, I'll have some chewing gum. And he goes, oh, we only have one kind of chewing gum. And then there's some joke about the chewing gum. It's like called, I don't know, chewing bum or something. It's just some terrible for no reason joke. But anyway, he goes, how much is that? And Tiny Lister, Tiny Lister is a cashier. He he says, oh, it's two fifty. And he gives him $5. And then he overhears a thing about Santa. And he goes, oh, man, I got to go. And then Tiny Lister stood there and goes, wait, you forgot your change. And the dude stood there. He's, whatever way they've cut it, he's still there. And then it cuts to him running off. It's just bizarre. So the dude runs off. And then Tiny Lister looks at the change. And he's like, oh, yeah, man. Merry Christmas. Like. But it's like 2.50. <laughs> Doesn't he set someone on fire randomly at some point as well? Oh, and it's a really gruesome one. Yeah, he he sets a woman on fire. And then she's running around screaming <laughs> on fire. And then they've gotten like prosthetics where she has this half burned body. Oh, man. And then he, uh, yeah, then he finishes her off. I don't know, he stabs her. It's mental. Uh, you know, again... Doom level cor- uh, glory kills. Like he's having a great time with this. Mm. So I would say, look, you know, Black Christmas was a good slasher movie as well. Which actually, if you haven't seen it, the old one's pretty good. I haven't seen the new one that came out a couple of years ago because I think it came out during COVID. Um, but Black Christmas is pretty is pretty good actually, and it's kind of like a similar thing. But just some dude dressed as Santa killing people. This is actually supposed to be Santa, the Santa. Yeah. <laughs> So it does kind of have a, a bit more uh, nuance to it in that sense. but And, and it does yeah. have, like, just the deus ex machina of all deus ex machina endings. Like, this dude just happens to have a bazooka, and he's like, oh, hey, remember you got me a bazooka for Christmas? And it's just like, all right, wh- why not? Like, sure. W- where does one get a bazooka for Christmas? <laughs> in Alberta, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You got big moose over there. You gotta, you gotta take the, you gotta kill and cook the moose in one shot. Well, I suppose it, t- it saves time. 
Oh man. So yeah, look, this gets a hard recommendation for me. Um, you know, if you're sick of normal Christmas movies and you want to watch something that's a bit more entered well, a bit more uh, unique, um, I would say watch Santa Slay. It's it's not long. It really isn't. Um it's it flies by and it's so weird that you're like, you know what you do, watch this at Christmas Eve, have a couple of beers and then go to mass. Yeah. There you go. In fact, there's a good there's a good game in there. Like, see see how many beers you can get in in the time it takes to watch. It's not, do you know? What it's like it's like a rampage. It's like even if you don't like it, it's gonna be over pretty quickly. So yeah, exactly. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. You know. Um, but look, as I said, next week uh, we're, we might continue this. We will probably will actually we are gonna continue. This. We're gonna watch Jingle All the Way one and two um, because we have to now at this point. Uh, and I, I want to watch Jingle All the Way one. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, I, I I remember it. I think it's another hilariously bad one. I think I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I I think uh, either way we'll, we'll watch it and we'll compare it with uh with the new because thing of it is we know big shows in it, so we can still get away with it. Uh, it's fine. But um, yeah, don't watch Santa with muscles. And in fact, watch anything else but Santa with muscles. <laughs> yeah. Watch Hogan's sex tape before you watch Santa with muscles. I, I'm not going to add to that as a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, folks, again, uh, for the new listeners on Phoenix 92.5 FM on Nerd to Know Basis, thank you so much for joining us. Again, uh, we'll be back next week with a, with a more Christmassy goodness um, because it is the season. But here on this show, as I said, next week we're going to be talking about Jingle All the Way 1 and 2 covering some of the news that's coming up as well. Martin, but it is coming to the end of the, uh, the year, so we're going to do our year-end uh, end of Ooh. year show very very soon so i need to talk to james cool. true penny about our uh, year-end show and best ofs and whatever so um is there anything you want to plug before we uh we get out of here yeah so it turns out that there's a shop not far from where i live that sells opal fruits not starburst opal fruits and um yeah my girlfriend doesn't believe it but i absolutely insist that there is a difference in taste and they are nicer and I just so, want all the people to know that I'm right and she's wrong. So are they made recently or was it like a case from the 90s just found? Like a, but I hope it's like a, a bring bring back retro type thing. I, hope I it's would be concerned. An unsold case. <laughs> selling a case from the 90s. I hope it's not an unsold case that I, I could have bought with punt. Yeah, no, I, I would be, I would check the day on that, buddy, just to be sure. Well, maybe that's you what, what you're tasting. You're they've <laughs> aged like a fine wine. Oh man, there is a difference. The strawberry is very different. That's the one that 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 you can taste. They've ruined it, whatever it is. Oh, the, no, even the green is just oh, it swishes all around your mouth and ah, oh, stop here. <laughs> I think it's the chemicals. Probably. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> remember the e flavors like that were in everything in the nineties? It's not like they're packed full of fruit. Oh man, no! What was it? it? Was the E flavor, the E numbers? Remember, there's stuff you could buy and it's just E's, E one two seven five six nine nine, and it's just the whole thing. And you're like, pretty sure all of that is dangerous. But you didn't think about it as a five year old. You're yeah. like, so I'm gonna eat all this. It's great. No, um, but I do remember later on in uni, I loved E's. <laughs> also, I need to cut out of the show at like five o'clock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, folks, again, if you're only checking us out on Phoenix 92.5 FM, what are you doing? Go over to nerdtonomedia.com. Get all the shows. It's all there for free. We don't have a paywall. Um, and the True Penny channel as well. Uh, tons of content over there. And, you know, 
it's 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 a Patreon time of year as well. So I do give to them, support them, so they can keep their shows free. Um, because they cover a lot of real wrestling. We just have good times here. <laughs> but yeah, again, guys, um, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be back next week here on the Wrestling Rewind and Near to No Basis. Bye, guys. Keep it left. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.